There's a lot of players in New Orleans jostling for position or fighting for a job, and this weekend might be their last best chance to get it done. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going, one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, inside information, and much more. You can head over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints to join a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and more on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to take a look at Rashid Shahid's return what he did in practice today, the role that he'll have in 2023, and the impact that all of that will bring to New Orleans. We're also going to take a look at the defensive line wrinkles that we've seen so far during training camp and the preseason that are already starting to excite. But first, this weekend could be the last best chance for a lot of players that are looking for roster spots here in 2023. So I want to kind of shake down, not shake down, but I want to kind of take a look at it. Give, give me all your money. Uh, I want to kind of take a look at the players that are right on the cusp of grabbing a roster spot, what they need to do, how they can do it, and why this Sunday's game against the Houston Texans is so important for that. So let's start off with a name that everyone is clamoring about right now, everyone is talking about, everyone wants to see on the roster, and for good reason, South Carolina State University wide receiver and undrafted free agent Shaq Davis. I've been talking about Shaq Davis for weeks on weeks on weeks. He was a guy that I Picked to be the training camp uh, star this off earlier before training camp started. Looks like I might have actually gotten that one right. I usually get the training camp uh, a star player wrong. This time, I think I might have gotten it in Shaq Davis. But I did say that the difference with Shaq Davis than maybe some of the other training camp stars that we've seen over time, guys like Emmanuel Butler in the past, so on and so forth, is that I had the confidence in Shaq Davis to be able to turn it on in-game as well, not just in the one-on-one drills, not just in the seven-on-sevens, not just in the team drills at practice, not just on airline drive, but being able to do it in the Caesar Superdome and elsewhere, of course, uh, throughout the preseason. And so far, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what we've seen from Shaq Davis, especially these last two weeks. Something has clicked for Shaq Davis that is huge for him, and it has put him in position now to be able to fight for an actually fight for a 53-man roster spot, not a practice squad spot, not consideration 
this guy could be absolutely fighting for a 53-man roster spot. And look, if you're going to be the sixth receiver on a, on a roster, because we have to imagine that Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, Keith Kirkwood, and A.T. Perry are pretty much locks at wide receiver at this point. So you're fighting to convince the team to keep a six receiver, which means you're competing with anybody that can contribute on special teams. However, we've seen Shaq Davis now as a gunner, as a jammer, as a uh, working on a punt block. And look, when you're six foot six and have that kind of speed or six foot five, whatever he is at that kind of speed. Yeah, put him on the edge and let him rush the punter and see if he can lay out for a block. Go for it. We have seen Shaq Davis take jet sweeps around the edge and for big gains during practices. This guy has done it all. So I do think that Shaq Davis has done enough for you if you're the New Orleans Saints to say, okay, we can keep him as a six wide receiver on the roster because we don't have to rely on him simply contributing. If there's an injury at wide receiver, he'll be able to contribute in jump ball situations, red zone situations, short distance situations, as well as, of course, on special teams. So I do think that that ends up making a big difference for a Shaq Davis. Another guy that I think is doing a fantastic job fighting for a roster spot that I have been criminally not talking about enough on this show is linebacker Nephi Sewell. This is his second year with the New Orleans Saints. And last year, you saw him in San Francisco 49ers game. You saw him all throughout the regular season as well. And there's a real chance that he's fighting for a roster spot here in 2023. The New Orleans Saints are going to keep at least four linebackers that you already know of. Demario Davis, Pete Werner, Jalen Smith, and yes, Zach Bond is a lock. He is the only, in my opinion, he's the only strong side linebacker you have on this roster right now. So yeah, very likely he's your third linebacker in terms of the linebacker that's on the field next to Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Jalen Smith becomes your primary backup uh, coverage linebacker, your off-ball guy that backs up Demario Davis and Pete Werner, or maybe even rotates with them in certain situations when you want to get guys a breather or whatever it might be. The other thing that you're looking for, though, is who's going to be that extra linebacker, that fifth linebacker that not only backs up some of these other positions, but is also going to contribute on special teams. And I think that's a place where Nephi Sewell, Ty Summers, these guys are kind of battling for that spot. I haven't seen enough yet from uh, Anthony Orji or from uh, Nick Anderson to say that they're battling for a roster spot, but they're certainly battling and jostling for position on the practice squad. There's no doubt about that. Ryan Connolly, who's dealing with a knee injury, there's a chance that he makes the roster first and they move him to injured reserve and then bring on bring back another linebacker to the 53-man roster. I expect the Saints to be pretty creative at linebacker when it comes to their 53-man roster and something that might look like a shakeup will end up not actually being a shakeup, but instead a procedural move to open up a spot for somebody else and kind of sash another player. So we'll see exactly how it is that the Saints go about that, but it is going to be very interesting to watch. The last one that I'll mention here uh, as we look at these players that are jostling for position is Ellis Merriweather. Ellis Merriweather was a guy that I told you a couple weeks ago to keep an eye out on. And so far, he's had a pretty nice preseason. He's a former wide receiver. He's been able to show off the hands a little bit, kind of get more involved in the passing game, wants to continue to develop as a pass blocker. That's going to be kind of the biggest thing for him. But he has a wide open opportunity, at least for three games ahead of him when it comes to the New Orleans Saints roster, because Alvin Kamara will be on the suspension list to start the season and therefore will not count against the 53-man roster. With that being the case, there's a real opportunity there for Ellis Merriweather to do enough to prove that he will end up or that he can hold a roster spot and compliment guys like Kendra Miller, who we've seen more and more and more go out there and make big catches, running wheel routes, all this other stuff. We've seen Ellis Merriweather running wheel routes down the left sideline, all these other things. So we're seeing a lot from this running back position, as well as, of course, the versatility and the just altogether 
energy that a guy like Jamal Williams brings in addition, that running back room is going to be really strong. This is not the New Orleans Saints running back room of 2022. This is a whole new ball game for them. And a guy like Ellis Merriweather really gets the opportunity to be a part of it if he continues to do what he's done. And especially right now, doors wide open for him. Guys like Kirk Merritt, as well as uh, uh, Daryl Williams, have not been able to be out on the practice field. Expect Ellis Merriweather to get a big time workload on Sunday and be able to get an opportunity to prove to the New Orleans Saints that he deserves a 53-man roster spot, at least to start the season. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at some defensive line wrinkles. And there's also a couple of guys on the defensive line that I want to highlight that are also fighting for a roster spot as well. But the Saints are doing some exciting things on the D-line, and I want you to be excited about them as well. we got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Harry's Razors. I am exclusively a user of Harry's Razors. I have the uh, the orange Turner package one that comes with like the shaving cream, but also has the orange ergonomic handle that's like a no slip. Because if you're like me and you're always in a rush because you're always kind of late for stuff. Uh, <laughs> hi, uh, shave in the shower kind of a situation. Boom. Great. Because your hands are wet. And you ain't got nothing to worry about. I love me some Harry's razors. And there's a lot of guys, including myself, will tell you that the eighth shave feels just as good as the first shave because of how well they treat those blades, the blades that they use, all of it. It's awesome. They've also got uh, creams, washes, lotions, and stuff like that to help your skin stay healthy and hydrated. They have the highest customer satisfaction when it comes to the shaving injury. And they're still offering a no risk trial. If you don't like your shave, no worries. It's on them. So get your best shave ever this summer with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get the $13 starter set for just $3 by heading over to harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. New Orleans Saints defensive lines doing some fun stuff and they're introducing some interesting wrinkles. And a fan favorite position is back. A fan favorite deployment is back. So we got that up for you here in our second part of the show. Appreciate everybody, whether you're here live or here later, or of course, whether you're watching, listening, however it is that you're bringing on the show, we appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And a big shout out to all the everydayers out there. All right. So the New Orleans Saints defensive line. What's your favorite thing that the New Orleans Saints do? You know what it is. It's the NASCAR package, right? Everybody loves the NASCAR package. Everybody loves seeing three edge rushers, three pass rushers out there and a big pass rushing defensive tackle that can help to be disruptive up the middle. Well, we have seen the New Orleans Saints really lean into the NASCAR packages over the course of the offseason. And don't worry, I'm not giving away secrets here. There have been several defensive ends that have talked about exactly this during their post-practice pressers and their media availability and everything like that. And we've seen it during preseason games as well. So the New Orleans Saints are doing a great job getting three edge rushers out on the field. And you might be thinking, well, Ross, how do you do that? So there's a couple of different ways that they do it. Let me see them NASCARs in the chat. Uh, there's a couple of different ways that they do it, right? So you can go with the usual standard deployment of three or I mean four defensive linemen where you have one on one edge, one on the other edge, one in between the guard and center, that's the person that's considered the one tech. And then you have the third, usually edge rusher that you've kind of supplemented in in place of a defensive tackle between the guard and tackle the gap that's called the B gap or the three technique when it comes to, to defensive line techniques. And so that's one way to do it is that you just simply swap out 
one of the defensive tackles for an uber athletic, but also powerful uh, edge rusher that can play on the interior. The other way that you do it is that you use what's kind of looks like a bit of an offset deployment. So you have one defensive end all the way over on the opposite, you know, on one side. And then instead of doing like the gap between the uh, left guard and center, and then the gap between the right guard and right tackle, you move everybody over to that right side of the offensive line so that the one tech is lining up between the guard and, uh, guard and center, while the uh, three tech is lining up between the tackle and center. And then you have another edge rusher that's over on the left side. So you kind of have three on one side and one on the opposite side of the center. And so the way that you look at the deployment there is that you're trying to overload one side because then effectively what you're trying to do is work that lone edge rusher into what's called a duo block to where you're getting a double team between the guard and tackle, but then get one-on-ones all along the left side of the line. You can also stunt from this. You can pull you know, one of the edge rushers all the way around to the inside of the one tech over on that big gap that you've left. You can rotate that one tech in and try to overload the line. There's a lot of things that you can do. This is kind of the equivalent, at least in my mind, of the way that a lot of different teams are now using the trips bunch formation or sort of this fan formation that you see with the wide receivers. So you've got three wide receivers all closely grouped together on one side of the field. And in the defensive back, kind of have to guess, okay, so who's the outbreaking route? Who's the in-breaking route? Who's going vertical? All those other things. There's a similar situation that gets caused when you overload one side of the line of scrimmage because the offensive line has to be worried about who's rotating, right? Who's actually attacking the A gap? Who's actually attacking the B gap? Who's trying to win, run the arc around the edge, all that. So there's a lot of really interesting things that the Saints are able to be able to get done with all that. So here's the way that the players are kind of getting this done uh, or or the way the team is getting this done. You're seeing a lot of Brian Brzee being the defensive tackle, Colin Saunders being the defensive tackle. Both of your really, really aggressive, athletic, um, you know, disruptive defensive tackles are the guys that are usually on the field. Nathan Shepard gets involved in there too. The third edge rusher that they tend to bring out, let's say you've got Cam Jordan on one side, Carl Grandison on the other. So then that third edge rusher they've been plugging in on the inside is Tano Passanio. And I think that this is a really smart move by the New Orleans Saints. Why? Because Tano Passanio has played throughout his entire career, both inside and out. So you get somebody with the experience of, hey, you, you know how to rush the passer. You know how to win around the edge, but you also know how to fight within a phone box, basically, right? To, to win sort of those tight, tight arrangement wins or, or, or battles that you have to have with a guard or with a center and things like that. So let's maximize your ability and your versatility to be able to handle both of those responsibilities and then allow you to be able to either, let's say that he's lined up at sort of that three tech defensive tackle position and he's right alongside, let's say Cam Jordan or uh, Carl Granderson, you could rotate and swing Carl Granderson or Cam Jordan to the inside and have Tono Passanio actually be the guy that becomes the edge rusher with stunts, twists, things like that. And you know that he can produce that way because not only does he have experience rushing from the interior, but he has experience rushing from the edge as well. So he can run the arc. We have seen a lot of success for the New Orleans Saints from this in the past. The Saints used this about three or four years ago, really, really consistently, especially on third down. Then we kind of saw them kind of taper back from it. We also saw them taper back a little bit from three safety sets depending upon how you how you really classified C.J. Gardner-Johnson. C.J. Gardner-Johnson wasn't deployed as, quote-unquote, a third safety, though. He was deployed as a slot corner. So we saw the three safety snaps really take a tick back as well. We're seeing all that stuff start to come back here. 
And so what I love about that NASCAR package is that it creates a lot of disruption. It creates a lot of confusion for an offensive line. Now, all of a sudden, the offensive lineman can't just play football. They have to think, right? They have to calculate, okay, what are these guys going to do when all three of these guys are overloaded on this side? Or, hey, there's a defensive end playing defensive tackle. Who's rushing where? Will they stunt? Will they twist? Will they not stunt? Will they not twist? A lot of questions you got to ask as an offensive lineman. And that's before the snap. After the snap, you have to react to what actually happens. And so I think that this gives the Saints a lot of opportunities to be able to create a lot of havoc with their front four. And then they can go a step further by implementing a supplemental pass rush from the second level just to confuse people even more. So then you get a, you know, a guard off on his heels and then you rush to Mario Davis right up the A-gap and bam, he's got a clear shot to the quarterback, things like this. So there's a real opportunity here for the New Orleans Saints to be able to continue to reintroduce this wrinkle back into their defense and be able to wreak some havoc when it comes to it. I'm really excited to see what the New Orleans Saints defensive line is able to do this year and how the New Orleans Saints continue to be creative and aggressive in that manner. Uh, There is a lot of good stuff that we're seeing from even some of the, uh, let's say, lesser discussed, lesser talked about uh, more than anything else, uh, defensive linemen as well. Guys like Kyle Phillips, who have consistently been able to knock passes down. You saw him intercept a pass in that Chargers game, for instance, but or excuse me, the Chiefs game, my apologies. Uh, you also have him batting down passes. You have him getting into the backfield. A guy like Jack Heflin, the former Houston Roughneck that came in and was signed as a defensive tackle. And a lot of people went, ah, camp body, blah, 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 and all this stuff. He's probably going to be a practice squad guy and a premier practice squad guy at that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some elevations like what we've seen the New Orleans Saints do on the defensive line and with their defensive tackles on the practice squad in the past. He's been somebody that's been really disruptive in the run game, clogs up a lot, opens up opportunities for other players. You look at the combination of him and Jalen Smith and the way that they work together during the Chargers game, opening up opportunities for other players, and you can see where the value is there for sure. So there's a lot of really, really good stuff coming up from the New Orleans Saints defensive line. I think you should be excited about it. I know that I certainly am. All right, coming up next, I'm going to get to a couple of your questions here. But first, we're going to take a look at Rashid Shahid. The speed is back. Rashid Shahid uh, back at practice today. What did he do? What does it mean? And what does it mean for the New Orleans Saints and the impact that he, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave can have? We're going to break all that down as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They have the greatest format of fantasy football available, the best ball format. You do your draft, your snake draft, just like you usually would, but there's no in-season roster management, no waivers, no trades. You ain't got to worry about nothing. You set it, and then you forget it. And then Underdog optimizes your lineup each week so that if somebody from your bench outscores somebody from the same position as a starter, that player becomes your starter. And their total goes towards your season tally. Whoever's got the most points at the end of the season, dub. That simple. So you can try it out today, especially with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. It's the largest fantasy football contest of all time. And it's back and even bigger now. $15 million in total prizes are up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. So get in today. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them on your app store. Sign up with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps, so you can get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is on Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Let's get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. I want to take a quick look at Rashid 
Shahid here because he was back at practice today. What all did he do? What does it mean for his role in 2022? And how will that impact the New Orleans Saints, especially at the wide receiver position? Then I got a couple of questions here that I want to make sure that I take a look at as well. So the thing that I want to uh, I want to start off with here is that is just to give you an update on Rashid Shahid. So we've watched Rashid Shahid travel with the team. We saw him on the sideline against the Chargers, all that. Uh, earlier this week was really the first time we saw him back at practice on airline drive. He spent some time doing stretch, went through some individual drills, and then pieced out. That's not out of the ordinary when they're kind of ramping guys back up. That's what we saw with Marshawn Lattimore earlier this week as well. But today, Rashid Shahid took another step forward in some pretty visible progress when he was returning punts for the New Orleans Saints team. Now, he did not take part in seven on sevens, did not take part in routes on air. He did not take part in team drills. So they still have to get him back and involved in the offense, but they did get him back out there fielding some punts, kind of getting that back into his bones, if you will. So the thing that the reason why I highlight that is because what I would say first and foremost is that don't expect to see him on Sunday, right? Don't expect to see really any starters on Sunday with the exception of maybe guys like uh, uh, Trevor Penning. Colin Saunders played a lot last week. We'll see if he plays again this week, played a lot last week against the Chargers. Um, you know, he's new to the system, so that would make sense. Uh, Alante Taylor, Paulson Adebo, those guys might get some snaps over on the defensive side because you want to get a look at that battle that's still ongoing. Alante Taylor had a great interception on Thursday in practice. Paulson Adebo had a great interception today in practice on Friday. So I think that you're kind of just looking to see, okay, what more do we need to learn about these guys before we understand like who's going to be that starter opposite Marshawn Lattimore? But uh, when it comes to Rashid Shahid, Getting him back out there fielding punts kind of indicates a couple of things to you, right? First of all, it indicates to you that he's on the right, he's on the right direction, right? He's on the right track in terms of his recovery, all that other stuff. Um, the other thing that you're you're kind of looking at there is that even though he's going to take up a more involved role in the offense, which make no mistake about it, he 100% will. It looks like he's still going to maintain his returner responsibilities as well. And I understand that, right? He's an electrifying player with the ball in his hands. You find as many different ways as you can to get the ball in his hands. And especially now with that new fair catch, the ball advances to the 25-yard line on the kickoff thing that the NFL is trying out this year or, or is doing this year, it, 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 there's not as much of a risk as there might have been. Like that mitigates a little bit of the risk to be able to do that, right? Because, you know, if you you see a punt get pooched basically, or, or rather a, a, a kickoff get kind of, you know, leveraged way up and then coming down, um, like a high arc on a on, on the kick. That's what I was going for. Uh, and it looks like it's going to come down on the five yard line, but you know, yeah, they kind of put that one up there. The defense has had enough time to get down fields here. I'm probably not going to be able to advance this 20 yards, get it back to the 25. So I'm going to just fair catch, catch it at the five and then, to, and then we'll, we'll go to the 25. So there's not as many situations where he's going to be forced into returning kicks. So I think that that mitigates a little bit of the concern around him just for that role being instituted this year. So I think that with the addition of that, as well as him you know, being a punt returner, you're just basically getting him more and more opportunities to make a play with the ball in his hands. And I completely understand that. The other piece, though, is that he will still have a far more involved and, prog and, and, and I'll say like progressed um, uh, uh, role in, in the New Orleans Saints offense. Him, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. Those three guys are going to be your go-to guys when it comes to uh, the 2023 off or 2023 season at wide receiver. And I would dare say that Rashid Shahid's effectiveness 
maybe has a really, really big impact on the New Orleans Saints offense, right? Like if he's the field stretcher, if he's the guy that's a threat with the ball in his hands, if he's the guy that you know, okay, we have to play safeties deep. We have to be double teaming on that side. We have to be playing sort of bracket coverage or whatever as a defense. That's going to open up a lot of the opportunities underneath. And so if you deploy Michael Thomas out of the slot, which they love to do and which Michael Thomas loves to do, and you get Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed over on the outside and they're threatening deep, that's going to pull a lot of that safety attention up. It's going to pull a lot of that safety attention away from what's going on underneath and in the intermediate areas. And it might even pull a little bit of that linebacker attention as well. And then that has a big impact and ripple effect on what else opens up elsewhere on the field. We kind of got to see a little bit of that. In fact, actually, during that Kansas City Chiefs opener, the preseason opener, where you had, you know, two players over the outside that were running verticals. This was Chris Olave and, um, and Keith Kirkwood. And then you had Michael Thomas in the slot on the left side, and you had Juwan Johnson in line on the right side. And so basically what happened was that the safeties gave all their attention to the guys that are going deep. They had to make the decision in the middle at linebacker with the floating defender who, who was there while they were playing sort of this man coverage look, do I go and help out with Michael Thomas or do I go and help out with Juwan Johnson? And whichever one that linebacker picks, Chris Olave delivers to the other side. Then you have, you know, Alvin Kamara flare out to the opposite side as well. That pulls another linebacker out. So there's a lot of different ways for the Saints to be able to utilize all of the weapons and the impact that these players can have without ever targeting them, without them having a reception on that play. Just the sheer presence of players like Michael Thomas, uh, the speed of guys like Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed, the playmaking ability of guys like Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed opens up more and more opportunities for guys that you know are already going to be big focuses in the offense anyway, and Juwan Johnson and Foster Moreau and Alvin Kamara and so on and so forth. So that's the impact of getting a guy like Rashid Shaheed back. It's one of the reasons why you haven't seen the New Orleans Saints rush to get him back out on the field, right? Instead, you saw them go take their time, get him ramped up. And even now, even though he's looking healthy, what do they do? They're like, all right, go out there and field some punts. No rush, no rush. Need you for week one. And that is the mentality of the New Orleans Saints. And I think it was a smart play for them when it comes to Rashid Jaheed. It's a smart play when it comes to uh, uh, Taysom Hill. It's a smart play when it comes to Chris Olave. all of that as well. So big fan of all that. All right, a couple of little questions here that I want to make sure that I throw in. Lester Shipman asked, Ross, do you think you have Shaq Davis making it? I think he's got, he's made every uh, claim for himself so far. And then this weekend's game is his last best chance to continue to make that claim. If the Saints keep six, I think he's in. Uh, the other one that I had here was from Cameron Watson. Which would you rather Cam Jordan getting 15 sacks or Mike Thomas getting 15 touchdowns? I'm going to take Michael Thomas getting 15 touchdowns because if Michael Thomas is catching 15, actually, if Michael Thomas catches 15 touchdowns, does that mean that something else went horribly wrong on the New Orleans Saints offense and now he's the only option? Because if so, I'll take Cam Jordan getting 15 sacks. And I would just love to see Cam Jordan get 15 sacks. Anyway, and then lastly, Kazi asks, uh, where are Smoke Monday updates on this Friday? Uh, Smoke Monday uh, didn't have the biggest practice today by any means, but has continued to make plays and has continued to, to be able to show out on special teams as well. Let's consider him in that category of players with their, their, their next best chance or last best chance in terms of live, live snaps, live action uh, coming this Sunday against the uh, Houston Texans. And then finally here, uh, which would you rather, Brzee getting 15 sacks or Alave getting 15 tutties? I think I'm gonna, if this is separate from the other one, I think I'll still go the same way. I'll take Brzee getting 15 sacks because even if Chris Alave gets seven touchdowns, things are still going well for the New Orleans Saints offense. So that's, that, that, that's what we got here. Oh, and I'm going to, this one's going to be super quick. 
This is going to be super great. This is from Jay. Would you trade Taysom Hill? No. All right, we out of here. I appreciate y'all as always for um, making Locked on Saints your first part of your day, your first listen of the day. It's been five years, y'all. Five years. August 6th was, the, was, was my anniversary, I guess you can say, here on the show. It's been five years since I started doing this show, and I'm so grateful. So grateful for where we are, and I'm even more grateful for where we're headed. Appreciate you as always. Make Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you check me out on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.